Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right. Yeah. Our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Thomas on the one! Hey, 36! I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner Coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. And you can find my co-host for the day, Mr. Dennis Bennett at Culture underscore Coach on Twitter. We're just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guy, Dwayne McFarlane, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others. You can find all of us on Full-Time Fantasy your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the best football, baseball, and basketball stats in the industry and the most hardest to find college football. College football stats are very hard to find and and they have the best in the industry from dominator ratings to red zone usage to touches per quarter. It's ridiculous how depth they go into these stats and they are the best. If you follow me on Twitter, any of the stuff you see me posting comes from their website. It is phenomenal. We are going into week 14. If you're out of the playoffs, you want to get a a head start on all the prospects coming out and you want to look at the analytical side and see what you think they might be doing along with film and everything like I do, check out their website. It's just $15 a year. That alone is one of the best deals in the industry, if not the best deal. When you sign up, if you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you get 10% off of that, which is ridiculous. Again, for just a year membership, $15 for an entire year, and you get to use their stats. Check it out. I promise you it will be well worth it. Dennis is jumping on here with me here in just a second, and we'll be breaking down the Thursday night football game and all of the week 14 games, the first round of our fantasy playoffs. Hello! And as always on our Friday shows, we get Mr. Dennis Bennett back with us. Dennis, what's going on, man? How's your week been? 
Man, I've had a good week. I spent about two and a half days in D.C. for a conference. It was uh, great safety and uh, uh, compliance conference for the transportation industry put on by the United Motor Coach Association. So uh, it was a good time. Drove out there and drove back. Had fun. Awesome, man. Sounds like a lot of fun. Back to the dynasty grindstone now. Yeah, unfortunately. Did you get to do anything while you were while you were up there? I actually visited there a very well, I shouldn't say a long time ago, probably seven years ago now. I guess that's long, depending on how you look at it. Uh, did you get to do anything else or did you just have to spend most of your time at the conference? It was all programmed pretty much. I, I didn't didn't take any time to go see any sites or any anything. We uh we're tentatively planning to head out to do a trip to Pittsburgh in DC with the kids. My kids are t- uh, nine and 14. And so we're planning to take some time and go do some sightseeing in the near future there. So we've been to DC a couple times with the kids. So, all right. But they're like me. The older one's like me and wants to read every, every plaque in every museum. And hey, there's so we can't really that. see a ton of stuff because he, he and I tend to, you know, read everything. Hey, that, I mean, in all honesty, that's the way I was. Uh, like I said, I went up and I'd only, I've only been the one time and we obviously hit all of the museums. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm really into like, uh, like the FBI, CIA spy stuff. So like we went to that spy museum. I can't remember exactly where it's at over there, but I, I love that stuff. So I spent all my time doing the same stuff. I mean, we spent a whole week up there, so I could take my time doing that. So I guess I can understand that a little bit. You know, you take a couple days, you guys are trying to, to read everything might slow everything down, but it's it's awesome. If any, if you guys haven't been, I would advocate going uh, for any of you who are listening because it, it's wonderful. All those museums and everything, at least once, go one time in your life because there's a lot of stuff you can learn going up there and seeing all that stuff. All right, let's. I see concur. Here. We had uh, we had a. I mean, I, I said it the other day. I thought it was going to be a craptastic game, and I really feel like it turned out to be a craptastic game on Thursday night. So let's break that down before we jump in and preview the rest of the first week of the playoffs, Week 14. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only they tackle him at the 40 yard line. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! So the Dallas Cowboys and the Chicago Bears played Thursday night. The Bears coming away with a 31-24 victory. Dak puts up 17.5 points in this, though a lot of this coming in a kind of garbage time in the fourth quarter was really not having a good game here, but a couple bad games in a row for him, I feel, if we're all being honest here. Goes 27-49, ends up with 334 yards and the one touchdown. Zeke, though, does have a good game, which was a little surprising for me going up against such a good defensive front. 81 yards and two touchdowns on uh, 19 carries, 12 yards on two catches. Gets you 22.3 points. Amari Cooper comes through for you at the end of the game, getting that touchdown. 83 yards on six grabs to get you 17.3 points. And Michael Gallup as well, 109 yards on six catches to get you 13.9 points. 
Hopefully you guys trusted Amari. I, I did not think he was going to have a good game here just based on the matchup. That Colorado defense has been really stout. Does come through for you in garbage time, but it doesn't matter. That's fantasy points and fantasy production. Um, obviously, any of the Cowboys you played, for the most part, come through for you. Dak, I, I mean, you're ho hoping for more than 17 points out of your quarterback. But, I mean, he still comes through for you. Uh, what were your takeaways from this offense uh, with the game? Again, against a very good Bears defense. And then your thoughts moving on to next week. Well, the Cowboys struggled. They only act, had two running backs active, and they didn't seem to want to use Zeke in the passing game uh, as much as they typically do. So I'm, I'm not sure what's going into that. You know, he caught, what, 72 passes last year? Yeah. So, and he's... He's a, an excellent he, – he might be top two, top three in pass protection from the running back position. So, you know, maybe they felt like he needed to stay in and protect so they didn't didn't run him out. They, you know, they didn't use uh, Jamezi Olazawe or whatever his name is. You know, he had that one route that was just a – he didn't look. And they never really used him again after that. Yeah, that was bad. So I don't, I don't know if Garrett felt like he needed to to pace <coughs> Elliott and or or what. But you know, both tight ends. I I was kicking myself in one league. I I have Jarwin on my bench in a start two tight end league, and I I really debated about sticking him in. Um, who are my? I got Olson and Irv Smith are my tight ends, and uh. I went back and forth right up until game time and left Jarwin on my bench. So mm. I'm hoping Irv has a breakout. Olsen should be okay if he's healthy. So the, uh, but the Cowboys, you know, they just couldn't, after that first drive, they couldn't sustain anything. Yeah. And then their defense, you know, made Mitch look like Dak on his good days. So that was, it was just, it was, it was an odd game. Yeah, I feel like that's been what Dallas has been all season, though, if we really look. Not all season. I mean, I, I said it in the beginning of the year, and it's funny because everybody always says that I have Cowboys hate, but and, and I've, I've always admittedly said it. I think a lot of it is Jason Garrett. This team is loaded. It has a lot of talent, but they never seem to play up to that talent. When we picked division winners earlier this year, I picked the Eagles. Now, I, I thought they were going to go like 10-6. and six. I mean, I guess they have a chance for that to happen. I don't see it happening. But I had the Cowboys at 8-8, eight and eight, and that seems like a very realistic possibility at this point. And it's just because this team seems to let down that often. And I did not believe in Dak. One of the things we talked about with you, and I can't remember, I think it was Brandon and Kyle, uh, when you guys were on your Amari Cooper love train talk here, was uh, you guys thought he was all going to have a good year because, one, you thought he'd bounce back and he is a good wide receiver. And you guys also thought that you thought Dak would would progress as well. And Dak has. He has really kind of put this team on his shoulders and done a good job throwing the ball this year. I believe going into this game, he was the leader in passing yards in the NFL. So he has by far been amazing this year at the quarterback position. But they're getting away from Zeke, like you just mentioned. I think that is hurting this team. We, I, I mean, I just brought up earlier. I, I, I just deleted. Okay, so 19 carries. He had eight carries in the first drive when they went down the field and scored with Zeke, which means he got 11 carries the rest of the game. Eight carries in one drive and then 11 carries the rest of the game. I understand you only had one running back. You know, Tony Pollard was out, and so you were relying on your fullback as well. But 11 carries the rest of the game for one of the best running backs in the league, that's just 
idiotic to me. I don't understand that one bit, and I guarantee that's one of the reasons why Jason Garrett is going to be fired, and we'll see what happens, because the other thing I'll say is a lot of people were excited about Kellen Moore and the way he was running this offense earlier in the season. I don't even know if Kellen Moore will be back next year. I have a feeling this whole coaching staff is going to get wiped out at the end of the season. You know, I I don't know. Jerry is a, a whole different kind of fella. <laughs> that is true. And and he loves him some Jason Garrett. So I I, I kind of agree with Troy, though. Troy uh, Aikman last night when he said, you know, who on that staff has earned the right to be the interim? You know, nobody. Yeah, oh, I agree there, with There's that. been some talk on Twitter today that the uh, – uh, the team quit on on uh, Garrett last night. Uh, that that's a pretty strong accusation. You know they got beat by a Bears team that played really well. So for whatever you have a bad game there, I, if Dallas somehow manages to win this division, and, and frankly the the Redskins have not been eliminated yet, so anybody in this division can still win it. And if the Cowboys do, I, I don't see him getting rid of Garrett. I, I feel like Jerry's going to be like, you know, we're close. We're almost there. We, we'll give, you know, we'll get another year of Kellen Moore, another year of Chris Richard. You know, we'll kind of keep m- moving in the direction that they're going. We're, you know, Garrett year after year is able to convince Jerry they're just a player away. They're just a player yeah, away. Yeah, I don't think that happens after this. I don't think it happens after this year, though. That's just my opinion. I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think he gets fired like this week or anything like. He's gonna coach out the rest of the season because I do think Jerry Jones still believes they have a chance to make the playoffs, and they technically do. All they have to do really is beat the Eagles and win one other game, and they've got the Redskins, I think, one more time, or the not the Giants. They have one other bad team they play. Uh, outside of the Eagles. So they have a realistic shot to win the division. They could easily win the division at 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight with as bad as the NFC East has been this year. So I do think he'll keep Jason Garrett because the one thing we can also say, me and Matt talked about it, I believe it was on Monday's podcast, was just nine years ago, back in 2010, the Seattle Seahawks made the uh, playoffs at 7-9 and nine and beat the Saints, who were 10-2. and two. That was the Beastquake game where, where Marsh, uh, Marsh, yeah, Marshawn Lynch, I, I don't know why I was going to call him Marshawn Beast. I, I guess he is Beast Mode, but Marshawn Lynch had that amazing run that every they always re-show him taking guys down, stiff arms, spin moves, just running through people, and the Seattle fans got so hyped up, it literally caused a, a movement on a Richter scale, and they thought there was an earthquake. That's why it's called the Beastquake game. Uh, I mean, and they were seven and nine. And the Cowboys, with all the talent they have on that team, I mean, I would honestly not be surprised if Seattle ends up winning the division and San Francisco has to come into Dallas for a home game. And Dallas wins a game because they have a very talented roster. I just don't see Jason Garrett surviving the year unless they go on a run to the Super Bowl, which I do not see happening at all. Man, you just got to get in. That's That's true. That's true. Getting the turny. That is very true. I, I and I do think they have a re, I think they have a much better shot than the Eagles to get into the tourney, but I don't think they do anything once that happens. On the Bears side though, Mitch Trubisky might have just saved his job with this performance. There was a lot of talk that they might move on from him in the offseason or bring in a veteran to kind of uh 
fight for that starting spot with him. He goes 23 of 31, 244 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Had a beautiful 23-yard touchdown run as well. Gets 63 yards total on the ground in this one to get you 33.1 points. David Montgomery struggles in this one a little bit, 7.6 points. Uh, just... 86 yards on 20 carries again. Does nothing in the passing game, which is where it really hurts you because they used Tariq Cohen so much. And Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller both ball out in this one. Robinson, 48 yards and two touchdowns on five catches to get 19.3 points. And Anthony Miller, 11.7 points in this one. Uh, 50, um, not 56 yards, goodness, 42 yards on three catches and a touchdown. So if you guys trusted playing Miller, we said he'd be like an, uh, I thought of a middle tier flex option. He definitely came through for you. I know that's your guy, Dennis. You, you've been hyping him all season has really kind of come on strong here the past four weeks. I think him for me moving forward. I know Mitch had a good game. Bears have a tough schedule though moving forward. I don't think even though they're sitting at seven and six, they're going to make the playoffs. Packers, Chiefs, Vikings, all three of those games very losable in my opinion. So I'm not sure that you can trust Mitch. And I don't think you can trust Montgomery outside of next week uh, against the – and I take that back. Actually, I think you can play Montgomery the next two weeks as the Packers and the Chiefs both get run on easily. So I think Montgomery is a good play the next two weeks. And so is a Robin Miller. So I would probably play all three of those guys the next coming weeks. What about you? Well, I mean – if, if I said to you that your running back is going to carry the ball 20 times and average 4.3 yards per carry, would you sign up for that? Absolutely. In a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think about it. So, And that's what Montgomery did. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a great – he's a really good pass catcher. He didn't get used. He had a target, uh, it looks like, because he's showing up on the receiving stats, yeah. but it's yeah, an all-zero line. So yes. he was targeted, but he didn't didn't catch any passes. So they're going to use him, and you know, Mitch kind of stole the touchdown from him. It's you know, with them passing the way they were passing yesterday. So I, I don't think Montgomery. I, I don't think the end matches the process. You know, he had eight point six. Uh, 8.6 points, and then he had the fumble, and he lost points. You know, that was just a good play by the defense. They're professional. So I wasn't overly disappointed with Montgomery. You want to you want to see him get into the end zone. You want to see yeah. him used in the passing game. But but Cohen is pretty dynamic, though. When you look at the 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 actual results of Cohen, it it was six catches for 24 yards. So if it was PPR, it wasn't uh, it, it PPR being PPR is what saved Cohen's day. If it was standard or half point, you know he Cohen really didn't do that much for you. Um, you know Cohen looks good; he's good on the kick return. If you can get some, uh, if you get points for returns, Cohen is helpful there. But Allen Robinson is a bona fide stud, and he looked yeah. great. Anthony Miller's coming on. You know, I'm kind of looking at it and thinking. Unfortunately, Mitch, if Mitch hits his stride here at the end of the season, the Bears and Bears fans are going to be stuck with him for at least another year in hopes that he progresses. Maybe he will, maybe he won't, but it looks like they're going to be stuck with him for another year. Uh, yeah. You know, he. I think right now Mitch's ceiling is Dak. It's that. 
250, 300 yards rushing with six touchdowns, 3,000 yards passing. You know, Dak is, has, uh, if somebody, if there had only been somebody on the show that could foresee Dak having a career year. <laughs> but Mitch, you know, Mitch is still young. He didn't play a ton in college. Uh, he's getting better. He's not consistent. Consistency is really his thing. You know, they've got to put him in positions to do what he does well. And I don't think Nagy has done that all season. There have been games like yesterday was a game where they played directly to Trubisky's strengths and mm-hmm. he produced. You know, don't roll him left and have him throw on the run. He keeps showing you he can't do that. If you're going to have him, does that mean don't roll him right because you'll be telegraphing it? No, do what you're good. It's uh, you, you see in college especially where a team will run the same play over and over and over, and you're like, well, why don't they do something different? And, and after the, the game in the press conference, the coach will get asked about it, and the coach will say, because they couldn't stop it. Well, if Mitch is going to be successful rolling to the right and making throws when he rolls to the right, then roll him to the right and let him make throws doing that. Let him yeah. run some. Let him go down the field from not from a rollout. They need some help on their offensive line. You know, I think every just about every team in the league needs help on their offensive line. So Mitch has to do some things from a recognition standpoint, uh, maybe get a little better in the pocket and not run so quickly. But it overall, the team looked good. You know, their tight ends, fourth and fifth string tight ends, seemed to perform fairly well. Hell, even Riley Ridley had a catch. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, part of Mitch, too, I think these next three games are going to be big. If he can play somewhat close to what he did last night against the Cowboys, I do think they're going to give him a, another shot. I mean, he's got, they took him in the first round so they can do that fifth year option on him at any point in time next year. They don't have to do it at the beginning of the year. They can wait a little bit. Maybe they don't do it all and then possibly just extend him if he has a good year. I do think next year will be a big year for him, but if he continues to play good, these next three games against good competition, I do think they'll give him another shot. We do have to remember, he did get hurt early on in this year. And what you were just talking about in in how he plays running at, and moving out of the pocket and everything, they have not done that at all this year. Like, watching the game last night and him doing some of the runs that he did, I was like, where has this been the first 13 weeks of the season? Because that is what made him so good last year was his ability to run and get out of the pocket and then make some throws. He's not the most accurate quarterback, and he's not a pocket passer either. He's never been that. They needed, I think, to play more to what they did last night against the Cowboys. Maybe that was on Matt Nagy trying to get too cute. We've seen that with a couple head coaches this year. Just trying to get too cute after getting, I think, a little bit full of themselves after the seasons they had last year. I don't think Mitch is as bad as we saw earlier earlier in the season. I don't think he's as good as we saw last night. I think he's somewhere in the middle. I'm excited to see what he does these next couple weeks because I do think he's finally what seems to be fully healthy from that pretty serious shoulder injury, which I think happened back in week three or four. Can't remember exactly, but it was pretty early on in the season. Yeah. I don't remember the exact week either. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that big of a Mitch Trubisky fan, so I don't think that much about little old Mitchell Biscuits, as uh, our friend Brandon Bangley calls him. All right. That right there does it for the Thursday night game. Let's jump in and talk about all, or not all, I guess, the rest of the week 14 games 
first week of our fantasy playoffs. I cannot believe we are already here. Fantasy season is already almost over with. Hey, before we jump into the games, speaking of the fantasy playoffs, I want to give a shout out to my wife, Jackie Bennett, JackieB0914 on Twitter. She played in her first fantasy league ever this year. Okay. And she crushed it. She went uh, 10 and 3, best record in the league, first place, has a bye in the playoffs. Uh, just, and while I'd like to take credit for it, I, I did a little bit of, you know, I kind of helped her with the draft. You know, we talked through some things. But she was very adamant about making her own decisions and deciding when to play, when to pick up people. And she really put some effort into learning uh, about fantasy football this year after 20 years of marriage. And I'm really proud of her. Uh, It was a CJ Lawrence, Pete Lawrence's wife started, did a 14 team wives fantasy wives new girl league and she joined it so i just want to give her a shout out and say you know i'm proud of you lady love you hey that is awesome and yeah congratulations to you jackie i'm happy that you made it sounds like you are already having a 10 times more uh, successful fantasy season uh, than i am having because i have bombed everywhere this year it has not been a fun season but congratulations to you in your first year making the playoffs i hope you take it all the way and win the ship this year we eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm going to hit you. I'm not going to be able to do that. You don't want no problems, bro. You are my boy. I'm a man. It's about to get ugly. I want to score. Yeah. You don't want to talk so much. It's time to do now. Not just a good old-fashioned rear end whipping. To the house, baby. I'm in a league of my own. They ain't rest with me. Are you tired? Are you tired? Let's go. And we're going to start with the Panthers and the Falcons here. Atlanta getting 3.5 points in this game and being given the 67% chance to win this game. For the uh, for the Falcons, the Panthers' defense giving up the most points to running backs and the 15th most to wide receivers. So they can easily be beat on the ground. I think that means you're playing Devonta Freeman. Uh, I'm hoping he has a really good game here. He's obviously struggled most of the season. Even with a semi-tough matchup here with wide receivers, Julio and Calvin, I think, have to play. Uh, Julio is obviously a bona fide stud. If he plays, I haven't seen if he's been ruled out or not. Obviously, did not play last week. Calvin, I think, at worst, is a, a wide receiver three this week. But what about Austin Hooper for you? We know that he is coming back. It looks like he's going to play. He hasn't been cleared to play yet. Even if he is... Personally, I would be worried about pl- plugging him in and throwing him out there his first week back from an injury, especially in an elimination week. What would you do if you had Hooper? You know, it comes down to what are my options, honestly. Uh, he's He was, when he went out with his injury, I think he was tight end one. So if you feel like he's healthy, chances are you're going to roll him out. It, if you've got... Uh, better options or maybe you're a little gun shy because uh you've been burned by injured players people players coming back from injury before uh i think you need to uh you know maybe play it a little more cautious i i like hooper if i have him 
which I don't honestly. Uh, but I'd be inclined to play him. It it would take something to, uh, you know, I I would need to, it, it, if he's not practicing, or he didn't get into a practice until Friday and it was just a limited practice. Yeah. Uh, then I might be a, a a little bit more uh, leery of the situation. But he was, you know, it was a sprained MCL. Wasn't uh, I, I don't think it was super severe. He was out three games. I feel like you've got to roll him out there. You know, he's your guy. If if you got Hooper, you're probably you're probably left without another good option, especially given the injury landscape at tight end. So I'd be I if I have somebody else that I think can hit the same ceiling, maybe, but for the most part, I I think you got to roll him out there. All right. Fair enough. On the Falcon, I'm sorry, on the Panther side here, the Falcons 20th most points to the running back ninth most to the wide receiver, regardless of the looks like tough matchup here at running back. CMC is in your lineup. He has been, in my opinion, the fantasy MVP this year. I know you got him probably in your top three picks, yet this dude has been an absolute stud. Uh, and so is DJ Moore. We we both talked about him and Curtis Samuel earlier this year. You've been touting Moore as a wide receiver one for a while now, and he actually is a wide receiver one for fantasy overall. He has got to be out there. I do think that Ian Thomas could be a sneaky tight end play this week if Greg Olson is uh, ruled out or ends up missing the game. If he doesn't, uh, I don't. Obviously, you're not going to play Ian Thomas. I think Olsen would be a good play. I know you mentioned him earlier. Uh, but if Olsen is ruled out and Thomas is available, I'd grab him. I think he could be a sneaky play. Uh, what about you for the Panthers? Yeah, uh, Ian Thomas is a great play if Olsen is out. Uh, you know, he showed last season he can step into the role. Uh, he As a rookie, he played really, really well when Olsen went out. And uh, unfortunately for him uh, – he does have Olsen in front of him. Yeah. So at least for this he, year, might not have yeah, much longer. It, it's not so much a Doyle Ebron or Waller Moreau situation. Yeah. It's Greg Olson. Uh, and that's it. So that Carolina is a one tight end team, but if Olsen's out, Thomas steps right in. Yeah. And, and they don't miss a beat. Thomas is good. And when, uh, when Olsen does retire, Thomas is going to step right in and take over. So he's, uh, I, I feel like he's going to be a, a, probably a top six or top eight tight end uh, next year if Olsen wow. decides to retire. I think he will. I mean, we know he signed for two years. This is the end of that second year. I can't imagine he's going to come back. Uh, just dealing with the injuries that he's had, he's been phenomenal every bye week. The Panthers have had, I think, at least for the past four years, he's been in a booth and called an NFL game. I think he's got a great future uh, in the booth. He, I don't think he's, uh, I think he's ten times better than Jason Witten, who tried yeah, to transition say, to the he's booth. He's no Jason Witten. He's, yeah, he's he's much better than that. So I think he'll, uh, I think he'll be fine. I think he. You know, he's had a great career uh, with the Panthers. It seems like kind of completely transitioning to a new coaching staff, new offense, new everything here uh, next season. I, I think that uh, Greg Olson might move on. Who are you picking to win the game, the Panthers or the Falcons? I'm going to roll with the Falcons. 
I am going to take the Panthers to kind of get one, the little whole, you know, get one for the Gifford speech here and kind of get Ron Rivera a win here, even though he's already out the door. Next, now, if they were going to get Ron Rivera a win, they needed to do it last week so well, he could I keep his job. You. That was I get the Kyle kumbaya Allen, shit and all, but man, you just fired the dude. Oh, I know they shouldn't have fired him though, in my opinion. But I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a Ron Rivera supporter, so I felt like they should at least wait until the end of the season. That's just my opinion. Uh, next up, we've got the Bengals and the Browns. Cleveland is getting 7.5 points and the 77% chance to win this game. The Bengals, 7th most points to the running backs, 18th most to the wide receivers. Uh, with that being said, I think Chubb and Hunt are in for big games here. Obviously, if you own Nick Chubb, the, the splits that we saw out of Kareem Hunt last week where he got 60% of the snaps in the second half, I think was just due to the Steelers getting up on the Browns so quickly. I don't imagine the Bengals get up on the Browns, so I think they'll use Chubb more to run out the clock. Landry, I think, is, in all honesty, the only solid play at wide receiver. I know Odell could have a great game, but we just haven't seen it. We've seen all the drama now around him as well. I I personally don't think he said he wanted to go anywhere, but you have certain reporters coming out and saying, well, he didn't say that he wanted to stay and all that other crap. I I don't really want to hear or care about at this point in the season uh, because in all honesty, my opinion, the Browns season is over with. Uh, So for me, Chubb, Hunt, Landry are the solid plays. If you want to throw Odell in there, I'm, he, I think he brings back probably wide receiver two value this week, but I personally am not putting him in many of my lineups. What about you for the Browns? I mean, Odell's got to break out at some time, doesn't he? No, probably no, in week probably in week 17 because he's only had like two breakout games this year so far. So I, I feel like, you know, Hunt and Chubb, are in the since week what do I have week ten? Hunt Chubb is RB ten. Hunt is RB eleven. So they're they're going to be able to run the ball against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is, you know, they're they're playing hard. I think for Zach Taylor, they're just not playing great because they're not a great team. Uh, Andy Dalton, I think, provides a little bit of veteran leadership and firepower. Boyd Tate, and they're getting John Ross back this week too. So they've got some weapons. If they can, you know, they'll be. I I I feel like Cincinnati will be able to not necessarily keep up, but will be able to score enough that Cleveland won't be able to just sit on the ball for two quarters or two and a half quarters. Cleveland is still going to have to try to score uh, at least to the end of the third quarter and maybe even into the fourth. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like there's going to be opportunity for Odell Beckham to make some plays. Is he, is it, I, I think it's clear now when you look at the target distribution for the Browns, Odell is number two on the target totem pole, mm-hmm. but he's the one that's going to get you the big plays, the big yards. So I could see, you know, Landry with 10 or 12 targets, you know, six catches, seven catches for 80 or 90 yards. Beckham with six or eight targets for, you know, 90 or 100 yards. So I, I feel like that's that's the roles that they're starting to set into. Uh, and Joku's supposed to be back this week yeah. as well. So that's going to give him a little something at tight end. Um, you know, apparently Demetrius Harris wasn't doing a good enough job dropping passes. Uh, yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> so, uh, 
you know, I think it's going to be a good game. It's a division yeah. game. You know, it's state rivals. So I feel like there's there's something to play for, if for nothing else, pride. So the teams are going to play hard. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's it's definitely going to be a close game. I brought this up with Matt earlier uh, earlier in the week that even when the Browns were horrible, like I, I talked about one of the games where Brandon Whedon was actually starting for the Browns, uh, these games have always been close. I remember a couple of years ago they had like the 40 to 50-something shootout. Uh, last year when Baker played that first game against the Browns when uh, Hugh Jackson had just gone over to the Bengals, Dalton got hurt and Jeff Driscoll came in and yet they still kept it close. So this 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 these games have always been really close. They never really blow each other out. So I'm with you. Uh, I do think it's going to be a close game. With that being said, and Dalton being back, uh, I think Mixon and Boyd are both really good plays. Even though the Browns' defense has been really good, 19th most or 19th points to the running back and 22nd to the wide receiver. So this defense has really kind of come on strong here. We talked about it last week too. They're really close to that top tier defense or in the top 10 of the defense here in both categories. But I still think Mixon and Boyd are good plays. Would you agree with that, with us both thinking that it's going to be a close game? Oh, yeah. I think Joe Mixon is really starting to come on. Uh, he's starting to make some plays. I think they're using him in the passing game just a touch more. You know, they still have Giovanni Bernard, who's a great pass catching back. Um, but they're they're starting to figure out, hey, this mixing guy's pretty good in all phases of the game. Maybe we should use him. Yeah, for – Ah, man. Well, I guess my question now is uh, who do you think is going to win the game? I'm going with the Browns. As am I to continue to give me just a little bit more hope that they can make the playoffs. But I honestly hope they lose just so I can shut myself emotionally down for the season because I'm kind of <laughs> tired of, of riding this uh, Cleveland Browns wave that seems to get me going one week and then piss me off the next Next up, we've got a game that should really be good here in this early morning window. The Ravens and the Bills. Baltimore getting just six points and being given the 71% chance to win this game. On the Ravens side here, or the Bills side, the Ravens defense, 23rd uh, most points to the running back, 21st to the wide receiver. So they've been a stout defense. Again, I know we talked about it last week. With the seemed really with the trade of Marcus Peters uh, to the Ravens, their defense has really kind of stepped up. Even though it's a tough matchup for the Bills here, I think you've got to play Josh Allen. He just has too much upside for me to sit. Uh, and I do think John Brown is a good play as well. He he is definitely Allen's favorite target, and all it takes is that one big play for him to make your day. Um, but I'd be hesitant to play Singletary as good as this defense has been against the run. What are your thoughts on Singletary and Cole Beasley uh, coming out of the slot here for the Bills? You know, Beasley has been racking up fantasy points. Yeah. I've got him on a couple teams, and I look at him, and I'm like, no, I just can't. I just – I'm not a believer, and he's proven me wrong. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. He's going to go out, and he'll catch, you know, eight passes for 105 yards and a touchdown, and I'll be wrong again probably. Um, he's he's the volume guy. He's the get-open guy. He He's doing – all of the things uh, that he needs to do. He's he's the Bills Julian Edelman mm-hmm. is is what's happening, and that I, I feel like that's how they're using him, and and he's excelling in that role. Uh, and Allen's being fairly accurate this year. Yeah, uh, but I I'm I'm all in on Singletary. He's he's dude's a baller, and he's. 
in a spot where he's the guy now. He's worked his way into it. Uh, Gore is the backup. You know, Singletary uh, is RB15 since week 10. And he's averaging 12.1 points per game. It's not super good. Uh, but I, you know, I like what he's bringing to the table. He gives that offense balance and, and he can make some plays. So I, yeah. I'm good with it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would have him as a flex starter, but I, I wouldn't expect him to get you RB2 numbers or RB1 numbers this week. Just because I think that Ravens defense is going to be so good. And I don't want to say I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, but with the way we know Baltimore can score, I would not be surprised if the Bills try and move more to uh, throw happy in the second half if they t- if they start to get behind in this one with the Ravens. Well, but if they th- if they throw Singletary's the the pass catching back, so true. You know, it's but I not think T.J. Eldon. The the one thing that I think hurts him there is Beasley with him being so good, and Allen does seem to target him a lot. Like I mean, he was the Beasley was the big reason. Maybe it was the whole revenge game narrative against the Cowboys, but he was the big reason they beat the Cowboys. Like I, I think those two kind of in a way cannibalize each other because of I don't want to say Beasley's better than Singletary's. I think Singletary is a phenomenal NFL player, but I just think with them both working kind of in the same area of the field, Allen's going to dump off to Beasley more often than Singletary. Fair enough. On the Ravens side here, they've got a, a, a really tough matchup as well as the Bills defense has been pretty good. Uh, 14 most points to the running backs, 27 to the wide receivers. So it looks like Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson should be able to get their numbers on the ground here. Uh, with the tough matchup against wide receivers, for me, the only person I'm playing in this receiving game is Andrews. He, he seems to be Lamar's one. Uh, and, and in my opinion, it makes sense with the, with the way that they play um, offense, why can I not think of the 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 name uh, that I'm trying to think of now for the offense? What is it? What do they do with the offense, Dennis? Help me out here. My mind just went completely blank. Who's that? The Ravens? Yes. Uh, I'm not. I guess I, I'm not sure. They run the ball. So. No. What's um? Goodness. Oh my God. I feel like an idiot now. I can't think of. Uh, I just had this whole thing set up, and then I can't even. Greg remember. Roman is their offensive coordinator, so. No, it's the... Um, oh, the RPO game? Yes, or? there we go. Okay, the run-pass options. There we go. I was trying to think of it, and I couldn't. My mind went completely blank, and I kept thinking counter, and I'm not. they're not running a counter offense. Matt, shut the fuck up. So, okay, anyways, the RPOs. I think that is why Andrews has been so successful, because Lamar Jackson is... He's a phenomenal quarterback, and he's always known to be very smart. When he holds on to the ball and he doesn't give it to Ingram and he freezes those linebackers for one second, well, guess who is covering Mark Andrews 90% of the time? It's one of those linebackers. And Mark Andrews, in my opinion, is 10 times more uh, athletic than some of the linebackers that are covering him. He used to play wide receiver. Like, he is a phenomenal tight end prospect. So if he gets even just a few steps off of you, he's going to be open. Lamar Jackson has proven this year that he can throw the ball and hit you even in a tight window. So I think Mark Andrews still has a good game here, but that's it. For me personally, I'm not trusting Hollywood Brown, and really that's it. I mean, is anybody really playing Willie Sneed or Miles Boykin or anybody like that? No, not unless you're in a 32-team league. I mean, I think even in a 32-team league, you're probably leaving those guys on your bench. Are you are you agreeing with Andrews? I know you had a, a tight end dilemma uh, earlier in one of our group chats. You you think Andrews has a good game to, uh, this Sunday? I, I don't know that he has a good game, but I don't know that you can sit him. It's, you know, my my options is 
are Jack Doyle and Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. You got Doyle going against the Buccaneers, who have given up the second most points per game to tight ends. Yeah. Versus Andrews going against the Bills, who have given up the second fewest tight points to tight ends. And, and you know, I it's it's I'm really wrestling with the Start your studs. Andrews is a stud tight end. Doyle's yeah. having a pretty good year. Uh, well, Doyle's I mean, been coming on. I don't know on. that I can put Andrews on my bench, and it's uh, it, it's it's just one of those situations where I'm looking at it and I'm going, man, what what am I going to do here? I've got I've got Doyle and I've got Andrews, and the matchup leans so much towards Doyle. But the Colts are getting Mac back. The Colts are getting uh. Paris Campbell back, so they're getting healthy. Uh, now, granted, Mac may not do much because the Buccaneers are really good against the run, but the Colts also aren't afraid to use him, even in tough games, to keep the other team honest, yeah. you know, to, to quote-unquote establish the run. So w- will Mac get 20, 25 carries? Probably not, but he's going to get a, get some touches. Uh and so, you know, I'm really torn. As of right now, I still have Andrews in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens come kickoff. Well, who are you picking to win, Ravens or Bills? Ravens. I'm taking the Bills. And since you're already talking about the Colts Buccaneers, let's just we'll, we'll just jump in and continue that game because I want to talk a little bit more about that Colts offense. So the Colts are playing uh the Buccaneers, you mentioned Buccaneers defense. Uh, they're, they've actually been really good against the run. They've been one of the best teams against the run. But they're getting three points in this one uh, and the 59% chance to win this game. Uh, on the, the Colts side here, so the Bucks, the 31st team against the, the run, first uh, against wide receivers. So they are not allowing anything on the ground, um, which is honestly why I am a little bit afraid of Marlon Mack. He, he's shown uh, some flashes this year, has suffered at times. He is coming back from that hand injury. I personally would not fire him up in this one. Uh, and even if they do, I don't think he does a lot against this defense. They have shut down everybody on the run, including Christian McCaffrey, who is, in my opinion, the best running back in the league right now. With them shutting down Christian McCaffrey, I think they can shut down Marlon Mack. So I do think it becomes a Zach Pascal and Jack Doyle game. That's why I would honestly go with Doyle. I, I know Mark Andrews is a stud, and he's taking you here or something. That's what some of the people were saying. Play your studs. Bring the, you know, dance with the lady dance that brought with you. Who brought you. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes when you're in the playoffs, you have to play the better matchup. And Doyle has been coming on hot since Ebron went down. He's coming in into a better matchup. And Jacoby Brissett has literally no one else to throw the ball to. And I don't know that Baltimore Buffalo will be a shootout. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe they'll blow them out like they have everybody else. But I could honestly see it being closer to that that San Francisco 49ers game. And, yeah, I think Mark Andrews got a touchdown in that game. But I could see them relying heavier on the run this week with as good as that defense for Buffalo is against the pass. So, for me, I'm going Doyle and the better matchup. Yeah, and, you know, and Doyle just signed a three-year contract yep. extension too. So, the, the Colts believe in him, and they want to keep him around. Yeah, I mean uh, – well, I'll put it this way. He was your guy just two years ago, and, and he was phenomenal. And Ebron came on, and all of a sudden it seems like everybody's forgotten how good Jack Doyle has been. He's finally healthy. He now doesn't have Eric Ebron there to fight with uh, to fight with on, on uh, receptions and everything. I really think Doyle and Pascal are going to have huge games this week against the Buccaneers. That's just my opinion. 
On uh, on the Buccaneers side, the Colts defense twenty eighth uh, run against the running backs, thirteenth against the wide receivers. So I put Rojo on here. That's a my bad too. Me and Matt talked about it on Monday. I told him that I told you I thought Rojo was going to get you thirteen points last uh, last week. Obviously, those two points probably didn't help you at all. So you know. Uh, my guy, I might finally be bailing off that Rojo train here. But Evans and Godwin, uh, are they the only players that you're playing on the Buccaneers offense this week in the playoffs? No, I think you, if you're going to play Evans and Godwin, then uh, it's also worth playing Winston. Okay. You know that that they're not they're not getting handed the ball. So that's true. You know, oh, it's, gosh, it's one of those situations where they they got to <coughs> get the ball somehow and. And, uh, you know, Winston's the guy getting them the ball. So uh, if you got Winston, if you got a better option, uh, you know, obviously you're going to gonna play that person. But right. Winston, you know, he, he might, Winston has had a game this year where he threw four touchdowns and still scored over 20 fantasy points. Yeah. Or four, four interceptions and scored over uh, 20 fantasy points. So just because he throws some interceptions doesn't mean he's not going to get you a bunch of points uh so winston is uh uh i i would start him with the low qb1 you know high qb2 expectation all right who are you picking to win the colts or the bucks i'm gonna go with the colts as am i next up the redskins and the packers green bay getting 12.5 points in this one and the 90 percent chance to win this game on the Packers side here, Redskins, 12th most points to the running back, 14th most to the wide receiver. Aaron Jones bounce back game. I know Jamal Williams has really been kind of eating into his workload a lot here lately, getting a lot more work in the receiving game. Jamal Williams popped up on the injury list yesterday. That's never a good sign this late in the week. I still think probably Jamal Williams plays, but I think this is Aaron Jones' chance to kind of bounce back and show us what he had earlier in the year. Uh, are you trusting Aaron Jones this week in, in what is a decent matchup? Not great, but decent. I trust Aaron Jones every week. You oh, take I the good like with it. the bad. The dude is just a dynamic playmaker. And and typically when Matt LaFleur has a, a, a press conference and is like, yeah, I know I got to get this guy the ball more, the next week or two they get Jones the ball more. Yeah, yeah I just saw uh, – from a couple hours ago, a tweet from Establish the Run, the the Evan Silva's website, that yeah. Greg Olson is indeed out this weekend. Okay. So fire so, up your Ian Thomas. Yes, there we go. Fire up Ian Thomas. I agree. Uh, Devontae Adams is obviously the other big player you're playing here. He, he's going to have a likely another big game uh, against the Redskins. On the Redskins side, the Packers, fifth most points to the running back, 24th to the wide receiver. Uh, so are you taking a chance in rolling the guys? <laughs> Get it? I Get am. Yeah. Guys, guys, baby. Oh, I'm right there with you, man. I love this kid. I'm so I'm so happy that he has produced these first couple weeks and not gotten injured. I hope he finishes out the year strong. Uh, I own him in a couple leagues. I cannot wait uh, to get him next year and hope that he is fully healthy. Outside of guys, though, is there anybody? I mean, I know we both love McLaurin, but this secondary has been legit for the Packers. I personally don't think you can start him. Uh, is there anyone outside of guys that you would start? If if there was, it would be McLaurin. Okay. Um, but he- – as much as as big a Ohio State homer as I am, yeah, uh, you know that that offensive line is not good, and Haskins, while he's learning on the job, needs a little more time to 
get through his reads. Uh, you know, there's a he's he's moving around in the pocket. He's making some good plays. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's not consistent. And 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 it's easy when you're uh, you know a 21 year old rookie to not be consistent. Yeah, I think uh, Haskins is going to be just fine. I think he needs to continue to grow. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that uh, coaching situation there. You know, it may or may he, he may be the next Josh Rosen. Who the hell knows? Oh, uh, God, I hope not. And, and you know, but depending on where Washington's picking, they might take one of those young quarterbacks coming in. I don't know, man. But, that that young quarterback class, I've been talking about it a lot here lately, is really taking a dip after what we thought it was going to be at the beginning of this season. One of the one of the other big name guys, I think, uh, Jacob Eason out of Washington, sounds like he's actually going to go back to school. So that'll be an even bigger hit to this QB class. I, I don't think it's going to be as good as many people think it's going to be. Uh, but who are you picking to win, the Redskins or the Packers? I'm going to go with the Packers. As am I. Next up, your Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota getting 13 points and the 83% chance to win this game. On the Vikings side here, the Lions giving up the third most points to the running backs, fifth most to the wide receivers. Uh, Dalvin Cook is supposedly back and healthy. Uh, They say that he's going to be good to go, so you have to fire him up. Personally, though, I am a little bit worried about him. Minnesota, while they are in the second wild card spot right now, are still fighting for that. They can still be overtaken by some other teams. They have a tough schedule moving forward. I would not be surprised if they get up early on the Lions that they don't pull him and let Madison come out because with that shoulder chest injury, all it takes is one big hit and Cook's back out. Now, that doesn't mean that Cook doesn't get you a ton of points before they pull him, so definitely play him, but don't also be surprised if he only gets you, say, 10 points because he gets you like a touchdown and 40 rushing yards, and then all of a sudden it's the second quarter and like, you know what, we're up 24-7, to we're pulling him. I don't know if that'll happen because the Lions have played everybody tough this year, uh, but look like they're going to have have to play David Blau again here against a, a decent Vikings defense. I, I honestly think the Vikings have a chance to win this pretty well and, and Dalvin Cook come out. I do think you play Stefan Diggs uh, as well. Diggs should have a big game here. Are you worried about Cook at all? Uh, from the standpoint of is he good? No. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I think that you have given Cook's medical history granted he uh in the nfl he hasn't had any shoulder issues but he had shoulder issues in college and so while they're saying it's a chest or clavicle uh, and they're talking a good game i i think you certainly have to keep an eye on things it's uh it it wouldn't be the first time that they that a team talked a good game all week and game time rolled around and it, and uh, he was just for emergency purposes only. Yeah. So th- there's definitely reason to be a little bit nervous. But if they say they're playing him, you, you got to play him. Yeah, I agree. There, there's no way that you can sit him unless they come out tomorrow and say he's going to play – or he's going to, well, even if I think they say he put, he's on a snap count, you have to play him because he is just so good. It only takes that one play for him to make your fantasy day. 
Uh, on the Lions side here, the Vikings defense is good against the run, but struggling against the pass. 24th most points against the running back, 7th against the wide receiver. Uh, so I don't think you can play Scarborough this week. He's been very consistent the past couple weeks, but unless you're desperate, I'm not throwing him out there. Uh, and for me, it's just Kenny Galladay. I don't care if they bring somebody else in and it's not David Blau. Kenny Galladay is just too talented to sit. Uh, especially with the matchup that it looks like he's going to have against this really bad secondary for the Vikings. I think he he could be a, a weak winner this week. I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, are you trusting Scarborough? I know you're you're big on Galladay, so you're playing him, but what about Scarborough? You think he's just a sit this week? I think if uh, I think you're hoping you have better options. Yeah, that's kind of my <laughs> Now, I will option. say Scarborough has looked really good. Yeah. he He's definitely exceeded expectations. He's putting up numbers. He's playing tough. He he looks good. And, and when you have a, a, you know, free agent rookie quarterback, it's easy maybe to hand off a little more than, than you might uh, normally, but it, you know, it's the Kenny Galladay show. Marvin Jones has, has looked well. So I think uh, it, it's a little bit iffy as to, can will that offense support two wide receivers? It come yeah. that'll come down to whether or not Minnesota gets out to a lead. If Detroit's playing catch up, then starting Marvin Jones also looks like a good move. But if it's a close game, then starting Bo Scarborough may look like the good move. But yeah, Kenny Galladay gets his. You know, I'm faced with the situation in the Scott Fish Bowl this week. Um, I had I won my matchup last week. Well, it wasn't really a matchup. The, the top 10 high scorers went through, gotcha. and I had the highest score in my conference. Uh, not, not, that's not a humble brag. That's an out-and-out <laughs> brag. Uh, but this week, uh, with Daniel Jones being out, I'm faced with the unenviable decision to start David Blau or Eli Manning, who were both surprisingly on waivers when I went to go see if wow. I had any options. So I grabbed both of them, and now I'm waiting to see what – am I going Eli? Am I going Blau? Yeah, what am I going to do? I can see that. We'll be, it'll be interesting because uh, the Giants have a really good matchup as well against that Eagles secondary. So we'll, we'll discuss that at the end since that is the last game on the docket. Who are you picking to win, the Vikings or the Dolphins? Well, the the Vikings are playing the Lions, so I'm definitely oh, yeah. not picking the Dolphins. I don't know why. That's because we're doing, talking about the Dolphins versus the Jets next. So the Vikings or the Lions? Uh, uh, I'm going to go, you know, in Blau I trust. I'm going with the Lions. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I'm going I'm going the Vikings. I think they're, they're trying to sew up one of those playoff spots. Next up now, we're going to talk about the Dolphins, and they are playing the Jets, not the Vikings. The Jets are getting five points in this one and being given the 71% chance to win this game. On the Jets side here, the Dolphins, fourth most points to the running back, third most to the wide receivers. Yet, that being said, can you trust anybody outside of Bell? I know that Jamison Crowder has been good at times. Robbie Anderson has been good at times. I take that back. I'd also trust Ryan Griffin. But it's nut cutting time. It's do or die time. You're, you lose, you're out of your playoffs unless you're in one of the ones where it's two weeks. So for me, I'm plugging Bell in, Ryan Griffin at tight end, and, and that's it. I, I just, I can't trust Jamison Crowder or Robbie Anderson giving me that goose egg or that two point game this week. Well, Bell is questionable. Uh, it's because of a sickness. I think he'll be all right. 
So, you know, we'll ha- we'll have to see. If Bell's not in, then it, it could be the Bilal Powell show. Yeah. I think, well, I guess maybe not because the Jets are out of it. I think Bell will be fine, though. I know it was because of a sickness. I think he'll be good to go. He'll have himself a Michael Jordan flu game this week against a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, on the Dolphins side, you know, the Jet. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you know what? I, I agree on Griffin. He's he's looked really well, which doesn't bode well for my Chris Herndon shares. I know. Um, I'm right there with you. But Dar- Darnold is, is playing pretty well. And going against the Dolphins, you know, he's going to throw the ball some. Yeah. So you, you have to – and it's not – they're not all going to Ryan Griffin. So I'm fairly comfortable starting Robbie Anderson this week against the Dolphins. Okay. I, I'll give you props for having more balls than me because I, I wouldn't do – I just couldn't do it. I mean, unless it was like my last option, but I'm, I'm not doing it. Uh, someone on the Dolphins I'm playing is Parker, and that's it. Uh, he's going up against the Jets defense, 25th most points to the running back, 10th most to the wide receivers. So a good matchup on top of the fact that Parker has just been balling out since Preston Williams went down. So I am throwing Parker in, no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, are, some people are jumping on that Patrick Laird train. Are you, or is it just Parker? Well, Kalen Bellage is out. Yeah. They just signed, you know, Miles Gaskin is definitely behind Laird. seems like they just signed a free agent too. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, but uh, I don't expect a whole lot out of the Dolphins rushing game. So I'm not, uh, I'm not really going to start anybody there. It's, it's uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Devante Parker, and roll the dice with some, you know, I do like Gesicki now that I say that out loud. Okay. Uh, I think Gasicki can have a good game. He's he's gotten at least six targets, I think, in the past five games, maybe six games. So Gasicki is starting to come on. He's having that late second season uh, breakout, creep up, whatever you want to call it. So I, I, I might be okay with Gasicki too. All right, fair enough. Who are you picking to win, the Dolphins or the Jets? Man, the Dolphins are playing hard for Brian Flores, and yeah. Adam Gase is a train wreck. There's a lot of Dolphins, I think, that really want to stick it to Adam Gase. Uh, you know, I don't know how much I buy the the revenge narrative. That you know, it seems like every game is a revenge narrative uh, in the NFL. So we'll yeah. put that aside. But I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jets. I, I do. I would believe more in the revenge game narrative, but I think Adam Gase traded away all the Dolphins players before he left, and then when Brian Flores showed up, he traded the rest of them away. So most of those guys don't even probably know who Adam Gase is. So I'm going to go with the Jets to finally pull off another win here. Next up, Broncos and Texans. Houston getting nine points in this one and being given the 80% chance to win this game. The uh, Broncos defense giving up the 15 most points to the running back, 26 most to the wide receivers. I don't think you can trust any of these running backs, even if they were going up against the worst running back, uh, the worst worst team against running backs. Uh, so I'm avoiding both of those. Uh, for me, I think Hopkins will be good, even though he's going up against Chris Harris. Chris Harris has gotten beat a little bit here the past couple weeks against good wide receivers. Hopkins is still one of the most elite wide receivers in the league for me. Fuller is questionable. That scares me a little bit. If he's if they say he's good to go I'm probably firing him in as a flex but I would be worried because we all know Fuller and his injury history what are you doing with this Texans offense 
I, I'm a noted Will Fuller hater. And so it's hard for me to recommend playing Will Fuller. Uh, that being said, if Fuller plays, I, I think you got to play him uh, because he's going to give you those uh, big splash plays. Right. Uh, so if you're looking, you know, he's definitely a flex worthy play. Hopkins. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is, is DeAndre Hopkins. The running backs are where I struggle because their roles are so limited. You know, Hyde is the grinder. Duke is the pass catcher. Though Duke has started to run a little bit more. You know, it depends on the depth, how, how deep your league is. Were you able to make any trades before the Dynasty League playoffs started? Do, do you have the depth? If I'm playing one of the running backs, I think I lean towards Duke. Um, I, I had the decision this week uh, in, in uh, one of my full-time fantasy leagues to play uh, either Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson, and I went with Watson, uh, which I'm glad I did because I've been I've, I've been in on Prescott a lot this year, but I went with Watson. I feel like uh, Watson makes plays. Uh, and the Broncos with a rookie quarterback are, are going to struggle a little bit. So I'm okay going playing Watts, Watson, Hopkins, and if he plays Fuller. All right, fair enough. Who you? Oh, I was about to say who you picking to win, but we do need to talk about the Denver Broncos because they are playing in this game as well. And and I do have think a, a very good matchup here. The uh, Houston Texans defense is, goodness, I just lost it on my phone for some reason. That's just fantastic, guys. I apologize about that. Here we go. Texans, ninth most points to the running back, 12th most to the wide receiver. So I think both Phillip Lindsay and Cortland Sutton are in for big games. Uh, and that's it for me. Not playing anybody else on the Broncos. Uh, do like what I saw out of Drew Locke last week. Hope that he continues uh, to play well moving forward. What about you for the Broncos? Man, I love me some Cortland Sutton. Yeah, right. That, right there that dude has that that dude has shown that he's the dude. He's the guy there. That being said, I I did just get Deshaun Hamilton thrown in in a trade. I traded Jack Doyle away right before the trade deadline this week. Uh, I got what did I get? Uh, who did I get? Hamilton and oh Ty Johnson for Jack Doyle. I have I have a bunch of good young tight ends on that team, so I was okay trading Doyle away. Um, but hopefully Hamilton comes on in his second year next year, uh, or third year next year has a little breakout and can become a, a consistent contributor there with Drew Lockett quarterback. But, uh, I, I'm, I'm really on, honestly, the way they've split the running backs, I know Freeman's been banged up a little bit. And so Lindsay's getting a little more play, uh, but I say play Lindsay with caution, uh, and uh, but definitely play uh, Cortland Sutton, man. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm right there with you. I love I love me some Cortland Sutton. I've mentioned it. I feel like a bunch of times on this podcast. I'll say it one more time. We both thought that he was going to have a huge year this year because we did think Emmanuel Sanders would not be back, and he came out and did it anyways with Emmanuel Sanders being there. The last game here in the early morning window and another one that looks like it's going to be a great matchup, the 49ers and the Saints. The Saints getting 2.5 points in this one. 
and a 53% chance to win this game. Probably one of the games that I will be tuning into closely uh, along with the Browns game in that early matchup. So the 49ers defense we know has been stout all season long. 31 uh, for the running backs, 30th most points at the wide receiver. Tough matchup all around. I think it's just Kamara and Thomas on the Saints. The only other player you could think about is Jared Cook. So I know you're starting Kamara and Thomas if you have him. Are you starting Cook? No. Uh, I'm not starting Cook, uh, mostly because I don't think he's very good. Okay. So it does, it has nothing to do with this matchup. I have, I, I'm, I'm not a Cook guy. I, I don't think he's been good. I th- think last year was an outlier year for him and, and he's, uh, he's just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a Cook guy. I don't like Cook at all. Uh, I think if you're gonna, you, you know, there is a QB too. I think Drew Brees is is somebody you want to look at. Uh, I know the the Niners are going to be uh, bringing a heavy defense. That defense is really good, but Brees uh, is a very cerebral quarterback. He he's going to be getting them uh, in plays to be able to take advantage of what the Saints can do. So it may be. Uh, which means he's going to get rid of the ball quickly. There's not going to be a ton of deep stuff, but you've got one of the best short area wide receivers in the game and Mike, Michael Thomas and one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league in Drew Brees. This should be a really, really good matchup. Yeah, I agree with you on that. On the 49ers side here, they're going up against a Saints defense that is not allowing anything on the ground. 29th most points at the running back position, but 8th most at wide receiver, so they can get beat through the air. With the horrible matchup and just the way they play what seems like 30 running backs every single game, I'm not trusting anybody in that backfield. you got Raheem Mostert going off one week. Matt Breed is the leading rusher on that team. Tevin Coleman comes in, gets a bunch of carries, does nothing. I'm avoiding them altogether if I can. The only players I'm playing on this offense are Debo and Kittle. Is that the same for you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, as as much as I want to buy into – a pecking order for the running backs. It doesn't take much for Shanahan to move to the next one in the pecking order. So yeah. it's a, you know, and the, and they all are so similar. Yeah. You know, maybe it'll be, maybe Raheem Mostert takes this backfield over, but I don't know. Who are you picking to win the 49ers or the saints? I'm going to go with the 49ers as am I. Moving into the afternoon games, Chargers-Jaguars. Chargers are getting 3.5 points and the 53% chance to win this game. On the Chargers side here, the Jags defense, 6th most points to the running backs, 20th most points to the wide receivers. So I think Gordon is a top play this week. I still think you have to play Allen and Williams uh, depending on Better, you probably don't have much better options than Allen. Mike Williams has been coming on here as of late with really limited work as well. He's only getting like five, six targets, but he's making the best out of him, making circus catches every single week. So I think you've got to play both of them. Are you playing Eckler though? We've seen he's kept his fantasy value every single week, but I'm not sure with this one. I feel like with as bad as they are against the running backs, if Gordon gets a lot of run going, they might keep him in there. You throw an Eckler in. What are are your thoughts on Eckler this week? I I think you almost have to. He's Eckler is a guy that's going to, he's probably going to get at least six targets. 
So that puts him in a pretty good position to be able to do something uh, with them. He he's a he's still what top five, top top six, yeah, uh, in in points in the league, even playing a limited role as Gordon has started to come on. Eckler has a specific role, and Rivers doesn't. He seems like he's lost arm strength, and so he's not he's not going deep to Mike Williams like he used to. So I think Eckler is somebody I think is flex worthy. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we've talked about Philip Rivers and his just massive drop off this year, almost like a Peyton Manning like Cliff. And Eckler is sitting at sixth right now, uh, with you know about five points up on Chubb, who is sitting at number seven. On the Jaguar side, uh, the Chargers defense here, eighth most points to the running back, 29th most points to the wide receiver. So a weak winner in Fournette, I think, this week has been balling out all season. Looks like he's going to do it again here in a really good matchup. Uh, even though it is a tough matchup at wide receiver, I still think you can play Chark Attack and Didi. We saw Didi take a step forward last week. Uh, DJ Chark is still one of the best wide receivers uh, in the league right now. In my opinion, had took a big step forward this year. I think both have chance to be low-end wide receiver twos. Uh, would you play both of them as well? Yeah, I, I, I know that Minshew seemed to have a better connection with Chark yeah. uh, earlier in the season. But West, Westbrook's a baller, and he, he definitely has a role on that team. Uh, I am looking at, uh, you know, in the uh, Fantasy Football Roundtable Listener League, I squeaked into the playoffs, I and I'm looking that. at Sir Leonard of Fournette to – help lead me to a title. So uh, they definitely need to uh, feed him the rock, throw him eight or ten passes, let him carry the ball 20 times, something I definitely need. Hear me, Jags? Do you hear me? I think they're going to do it, buddy. I really do. Who are you picking to win, the Jags or the Chargers? Going with the Jaguars. As am I. Next up, Titans, Raiders, Tennessee coming on hot here the past couple weeks, getting a 2.5 or getting 2.5 points in the 53% chance to win this game. Titans, uh, Raiders defense going up uh, against them, 11th most points to the running back and 11th most points to the wide receiver as well. So Henry should dominate. Even though it's a plus matchup for the wide receivers, I'm not playing any of them. I'm playing Ryan Tannehill because I do think he's going to throw uh, a decent amount. He'll run. He might even get you a rushing touchdown. Might throw a couple touchdowns, but I just don't know who he's throwing them to, so I'm not trusting anybody. Maybe A.J. Brown in a deep league. I'll throw that out there, but outside of him, I'm not playing anybody. Who are you playing on the Titans? Yeah, the, you know, it's hard to tell who the targets are going to go to. Uh, Brown seems to be the one that's doing the most with the least amount of targets. Uh, but, but I do think actually Humphreys hasn't practiced this week, so the potential is there for Brown to slide into the slot. If he slides into the slot, then he's definitely uh, in line for more more targets. Okay. You know, I, I love me some Corey Davis, but uh, I just don't think he's – It's you yeah. just can't bank on it. Yeah, unfortunately. And, uh, it's the same thing with Janu Smith. It's going to be a Derrick Henry game. And, uh, you know, everything after that is just such a gamble. Yeah. The Raiders are going up against the Titans defense, giving up the 13th most points to the running back and 14th most to the wide receivers. So not bad matchups at all. However, 
I don't know if you can start anybody from the Raiders with any confidence. You've got Derek Carr throwing him the ball, number one. Josh Jacobs has been banged up. He might not even play this week. If he He's the only one, if he plays, I would put him in. I'm not expecting a lot out of him just due to him being a little banged up. But outside of Jacobs, I just I can't play any. Or Waller, I always forget about Darren Waller, even though he's kind of slid off here in the second half of the season. Likely you don't have any better tight end options, so you're probably playing Waller, but that's it. You can't trust any of these wide receivers, and in my opinion, you can't trust Carr. Uh, are you playing anybody on the Raiders? I'm definitely playing Waller. I think Waller is uh, in line for a decent uh, workload. The wide receivers are just kind of a mess, and yeah. that Titans defense is is tough. Jacobs scares me with his shoulder injury. You know, he's talking. He's got a cracked clavicle, cracked shoulder, something like that. Yeah. You know, I, that that feels like it's it's not going to take a ton to put him on the bench for the rest of the season. I agree. So that that really makes me nervous. But I suppose if if uh, if you think there's a high probability of that happening, you know, maybe a DFS plays uh, Jalen Richard. Oh, I like that. That's a good call. Good call. Who are you picking to win, the Titans or the Raiders? The Titans. As am I, unfortunately. Chiefs and Patriots. I like what Vrabel's doing there. Oh, so do I. That, that team is, they play tough. I just, if the Titans win, that almost for sure knocks the Browns out of the playoffs. That's the only reason I say, unfortunately. I'm still, I still, I'm, I'm believing a little bit of hope. I've, I've just got that little bit of hope. And like I said earlier, I need it to end so I can stop feeling this way because I don't like it. it. It's, it's torture every single day. Chiefs and the Patriots. The Patriots are getting three points in this one and the 59% chance to win this game. Going up against the Chiefs defense, giving up the second most points to the running back, 30th most to the wide receiver. So I do think we've seen it. Michelle, in in good matchups, when he's given the ball, has good games. As hard as it would be for me to trust Michelle in this game, I think I'm going to trust him, throw him in there. Outside of him, it's just White and Edelman. Who are you playing on the Patriots? Well, I think it's hard to if you're if you're going to trust Michelle to get that much volume, you know, that kind of makes it hard for White. Uh, you know, that limits I think White snaps. So, it I would temper my expectations on White a little bit. Okay. But I do think that uh, you know, Julian Edelman is just getting deluged with volume. Yeah. And uh, I I feel like this is a game where one of the things that Belichick will try to do is keep Mahomes and Hill uh, on the sideline, and he's going to try to do it with Sony Michelle and Rex yeah. Burkett. Don't yeah. forget Rex. Yeah, I wouldn't play Rex though. I do think Rex will get some work, but I wouldn't play him. On the, the Chiefs side here, again, going up against still the best defense in the league currently, according to the stats. Uh, 32nd most points to the running back, 32nd most points to the wide receiver. That being said, you're playing, you're playing Tyreek Hill, you're playing Travis Kelsey, and you're playing Patrick Mahomes. I do, I think this game has a good shot of becoming a shootout or the Chiefs getting a chance to run up the scores. The Patriots offense has looked really bad this year while their defense has been good. They've got so many good weapons. I just don't see how you can sit any of those three. I can't play any of the running backs, and I can't play any of the other wide receivers. Do you agree with that? You know, I think I'd be willing to flex 
And this is probably are you sitting down? I am sitting uh, down, yes. I think in a in deep leagues I'd be willing to flex Mikol Hardman. Really? Okay. Well, tell me why. He's because he he brings that Tyreek Hill type of weaponry to the game. Okay. So they 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 run him on the jet sweeps like they do Hill. Uh I feel like the the thing that the edge the Chiefs have even against the Patriots is speed. And if you Bill Belichick his his methodology, I'm going to take away your best player. Yeah. And make you beat me some other way. So that's I think that's the uh the Hill Mahomes connection or the Hill Kelsey connection. Okay. Those will be the top two that he's taken away. Well, that now you have Nicole Hardman who has the same type of speed as Tyreek Hill and plays the same type of game. And he's going up against the, the second or third best defensive back uh, on the Patriots. And I think Andy Reid will look to exploit that. So the potential is there for Hardman to uh, explode from the flex position. All right. Interesting. Who are you picking to win, the Patriots or the Chiefs? I'm going to go with the Chiefs. As am I. Pittsburgh and Arizona. Pittsburgh getting two points in this one, but Arizona being given the 53% chance to win this game. Uh, Arizona going up against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that has been very stout. Uh, 27th most points to the running back, 19th most to the wide receiver. Uh, personally, I don't think you can play anybody from the Cardinals. I like what Kyler Murray's been doing, uh, but the Ste- he's been sacked the most out of everybody in the league, and I think the Steelers are going to be able to get to him, which I think is going to limit what he can do to Fitz and uh, Kirk. And as much as I like Drake as a player, I don't think he gets much going on the ground here. Ground here, are you willing to start any Cardinals players? I'm maybe Kirk, okay. and that's just because I think he's the one that gets the most volume. They're gonna have to throw it. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, so Murray is gonna be on the move. It's gonna be a decent amount of ad living, uh, and I feel like what are you know who who's gonna who is who's gonna get open what are they going to do who's who ad libs the best you know larry is a zone guy he's going to find a hole in the zone uh and when he does he's probably not going to get a ton of yards but he'll find a hole will murray see him i think murray tends to look a little further downfield when he gets out on the run and uh, that may play more into kirk's strengths okay Fair enough. On the Steelers' side here, they're going up against the Cardinals' defense that has been bad. Tenth most points to the running back, sixth most to the wide receiver. All that being said, for me, uh, I, I think you can only play Benny Smell, Benny Snell, not Benny Smell. My goodness, Benny Snell and James Washington. I, I don't know if Snell has a big game here because I still think they're going to mix in Jalen Samuels a lot. Uh, James Washington does seem to have a decent connection here with Duck. Uh, we don't know if Juju will be back. Even if he is back, I guess if you want to play him, you can. Uh, but I do think that the Cardinals will put Patrick Peterson on him for the most part. And so for me, I'm going Washington and Snell. Are you playing? anybody else on the Steelers uh no and, and Juju is out um okay. may, well it's the Cardinals yeah uh so yeah I am gonna play Vance McDonald 
Oh, yeah, that's a good call. I forgot all about Vance. So definitely start Vance McDonald in that one. I completely forgot all about that. Who are you picking to win, the Cardinals or the Steelers? Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm taking the Cardinals. think it's going to be a trap game, and Kyler Murray is just barely going to pull off a win here. Two more games left, the Sunday night football game and the Monday night football game. Sunday night football, Seahawks-Rams. It is a even split in this one, but they are giving the Rams the 57% chance to win this game. For the Rams side here, they're going up against a good Seahawks defense. 22nd most points to the running back, 17th most to the wide receiver. Gurley in for another tough matchup, but I think you got to play him. And then it's Woods and Cup. Uh, we don't know if Everett will be back. Even if he is or isn't, I don't think you can trust him. And Higby and Cooks has, has just seemed off this year. So I think it's just those three. If you need a quarterback, I could see you playing golf. He, he does seem to play a lot better at home. Who are you playing for the Rams? Well, Everett is out, okay. so Higby has the tight end position to himself. And who's the other guy, Munt? Uh, I couldn't even tell you, but I'm not playing either one of them, I can tell you that. Um, but Higby, I, you know, if you're looking for a tight end that's going to get you three or four catches and a, and a touchdown, you can do a lot worse than Tyler Higby. You know, they did extend him this season. That they like him, they think he's a good player. Um, you know, his game is a little bit different than Everett. You know, him and Everett yeah. are very similar to uh, Ebron and Doyle uh, in in how they play their games. So, uh, I, I given the landscape at tight end, certainly uh, Higby is with is in play. Um, Woods has been inconsistent, but I think. He does tend to be second uh, when it comes to targets. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to be forced to play Gurley in a couple spots. Gurley's getting volume yeah. uh, here late in the season. And so uh, while it's a tough matchup, uh, I think he gets gets you a touchdown. So if Gurley gets you, you know, 60 yards, 70 yards and a touchdown, uh, I think he'll take that from your RB2. Yeah, I agree with you on that. On the uh, Seahawks side here, the Rams 17th most points to the running backs, 23rd to the wide receiver. We'll start with the wide receiver since that seems to be a little bit easier. Uh, I do think you can play Metcalf. He has obviously been fantastic so far in his rookie season. I think you you have to play Tyler Lockett because he is definitely the best wide receiver on this team. But me and Matt talked about it earlier in the week. I still don't think he's fully healthy from that leg injury. Uh, Matt went over how he's only been targeted a handful of times in the past three games. I, I am honestly worried about him. If you can find somebody else to play, I would play them over Lockett. But if you can't, plug him in there because, you know, the the old cliche, it only takes one play for him to make your fantasy day. And that is true, but I am seriously worried about Lockett. For the running backs, we know Penny is your guy. You also do like Chris Carson. Uh, Penny has been getting a lot more work here lately. They've all, they've done a really good job of splitting the two and both being fantasy relevant. You're playing either, neither, or both this week against the Rams. Well, let me see here. Let's see what the – let me go look at uh, pro football references, fantasy stats, and see what they're doing versus the running backs. So the the Rams are middle of the pack, giving up about 17.8 fantasy points to running backs. Um, I think Carson is still the number one guy there, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a 60-40 split. 
And we've seen a lot of teams across the league make two running backs viable. Uh, it takes the ceiling off it unless somebody makes a couple big plays. So both of them probably in the RB2, RB3 range. So I'm, I'm good starting both Penny and Carson. Okay. But I, I, I feel like we're ready. It's time for a get-right game for Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think he's – you mentioned the injury seems to be lingering a little bit on the leg. I think he's yeah. – they've managed it by not giving him as many targets. And I th- think it's now four or five weeks later. Uh, he's out there. I, I think they're going to give him some extra targets to try to okay. get him back on track and get him involved in the game early. So I, I, I'm good starting Lockett. Uh, and Jacob Hollister has been performing as well. Seattle is starting to peak right at the right time yeah. heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, who are you picking to win this game, the Seahawks or the Rams? Going with the Seahawks. As am I. The Monday night football game, Giants and okay. Eagles. If uh, Eagles can pull off a win here, I believe they will actually, well, they'll be um, tied with uh, the Cowboys. No, they'll take the lead in the NFC East, which is funny because they both seem to be trying to do their best to give it to each other. The uh, It is uh, Philly is getting 9.5 points in this one and the 82% chance to win this game. Going up against a Giants defense that's giving up the 18th most points to the running backs. And the second most points to wide receivers. Sanders, I think, is good to go. We've seen he has really taken a step forward with, uh, it looks like Howard is going to be out again. So I'm, I'm riding Sanders. He's been really good the past couple weeks. Alshon Jeffrey banged up in that game. You called it. Uh, we mentioned it on Monday's podcast. You said to start Alshon Jeffrey. And he definitely balled out. So you got that one right. I was hesitant last Friday on starting Alshon Jeffrey. He came through big time. But is banged up. If he doesn't play, can you trust anybody outside of Ertz and Goddard in the receiving game? You know, I I believe Jeffrey's going to play, and I think he's going to have another big week. Um, you know, it'd be nice if somebody else stepped up. You know, Aguilar's got alligator arms and doesn't want to get hit. Uh, they they cut Mac Hollins, um, so that means. For me, I think that that means that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is moving up the totem pole there uh, in line for more targets and more playing time. But uh, I, I'm very comfortable starting Alshon Jeffrey uh, after that. Um, I don't know that I, you know, I might even push Goddard down a tad and, and go with uh, just uh, Sanders, Jeffrey, and Ertz. Yeah, I, I'm with you. For me, I'm only – if Jeffrey's in, I do feel comfortable playing him. If not, for me, it's just Ertz, Goddard, and Sanders. I can't play anybody else. On the Giants side here, the Eagles defense, 26 most points to the running backs, but fourth most to the wide receiver. We do know Eli Manning is back. So some people, uh, including myself as a Barkley owner, are a little bit excited about that because he did seem to dump off to Barkley all the time, who has just not had a good year. I think it's mostly because of that offensive line. It is crazy to think that he has not – I don't know if you know this. Did you know that he has not had more or he has not even had 20 carries in any game so far this season? It's just ridiculous with as good and as talented as he is that he is not getting the ball uh, as, as as at least 20 times a game. Like that's just ridiculous. Uh, but with Eli back, do you think that helps Barkley at all? It doesn't hurt. Okay. 
Fair enough. That, I mean, that is true. I'm hoping it helps him, to be honest with you. But my other big question is, we know this is a plus-plus matchup. The Eagles have been getting beat in the secondary all year long. So with Eli back, he has not worked much with Golden Tate. We know Tate was out while Eli was in there. Obviously, he has a good working relationship and a good playing relationship with, with Sterling Shepard. They balled out at times when he was healthy. So do you think Eli being back there helps Shepard and Tate, and are you playing them? I, I do, um, you know, the Eagle or the Eagles, the Giants don't really have a, a true deep threat. You know, Darius Slayton is probably the closest they have to a real deep threat. Um, I think he's the one that's impacted the most by this. So I think uh, Slayton's probably going to get a little bit of a drop in targets. Uh, but they're going to try to do what, they think makes Eli successful at this stage in his career. And that's going to be short passes, quick passes, dump offs to the running back. Um, so Tate and Shepard should Tate Shepard. And honestly, uh, Barkley should all be in for a decent volume yeah. uh, in this game. Yeah. So for me, that leads to the, uh, the discussion we were having earlier before we, Oh, well, I guess we should pick the game first and then we'll do it. who are you picking to win the Eagles or the giants. Picking the Eagles. As am I. So the discussion we were having earlier, David Blau or Eli Manning, that's why I would lean Eli, to be honest with you. I know he was not playing uh, great earlier in the season. Had a couple good productive fantasy games, was just not playing that good NFL-wise. I do think with the plus-plus matchup for the wide receivers here, he's going to be able to get the ball to Shepard and Tate. And I do think he's going to get the ball to Barkley as well and allow them to do work after the catch, which still helps out Eli Manning and his numbers. So if I had to pick between those two, I'm going to take Eli because I also think Minnesota's defensive front is just a tad bit scarier uh, than uh, the the Eagles. And we've seen Eli's played the Eagles before. He knows what they're going to throw at him. David Blau's second starting game. You know, maybe he comes out there and lights it up like he did last week, uh, but I would put my trust in Old Faithful and Eli. So that would be my take on your quarterback conundrum. Well, I, I appreciate that. It certainly gives me food for thought. You know, it's it's a it's a tough situation because when you play Eli, you, what you're saying is I have really low expectations. Yeah, that is true. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> so right. when you play Blau. You're saying, I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but I'm going to I'm I'm going to cover my eyes and throw this dart and hope I hit the bullseye. Oh, yeah. All right. So before we get out of here, though, I do want to do one. I want to do a couple more. I don't know if you, you've been paying that close attention, so you don't have to pick if you don't want to. I know you're paying attention to the Buckeyes, but college football championship weekend this week. It's going to be a great weekend of football for anybody who's watching. you got all the championship games this weekend, ton of great NFL games, which we just went over. You know, Chief, Chiefs, Patriots, Seahawks, Rams. you got 49ers, Saints, Ravens, Bills. It's just a ton of great games in the NFL. And in college football starting tonight, actually in just a couple minutes, you got Utah, Oregon. Uh, I'm hoping Utah wins that one. Justin Herbert, I'll be watching him, see if he can improve his stock. Some has had a, a, a down season, uh, you know, for a guy that I love. I think he's one of the best quarterback prospects in the game, but uh, he has not had a good season overall. Hoping Utah wins this one. Obviously, we've got Baylor, Oklahoma tomorrow morning. That should be a really good game shootout in that one. Ton of great prospects to watch in that. 
afternoon game. Georgia, LSU, another one. Ton of prospects on both sides. Everybody's going to be watching, uh, you know, Joe Burrow and LSU and Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde's Hilaire, Edwards, like the Edwards Hilaire, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, uh, for LSU, Georgia has got DeAndre Swift, a 1-1 at running back. Jake Fromm, we'll see if he comes out or not. Clemson, Virginia, I don't think is going to be that good of a game. I imagine Clemson's going to blow Virginia out pretty easily. And then our Buckeyes play Saturday night against Wisconsin. So I'm going to give you my picks really quick. I think Utah wins. I actually think Baylor upsets Oklahoma and revenges their victory from earlier in the season. I think LSU beats Georgia. Obviously, Clemson beats Virginia. But what are you thinking about Ohio State, Wisconsin? Because I'm going to be honest, I know we blew out Wisconsin. We beat them to a pulp earlier in the year. It's hard to beat the same team twice. And I know Ohio State does seem to be much better than Wisconsin in all facets of the game. But, man, they got a little bit uh, of what to do to beat the Buckeyes. Justin Fields is just a little bit banged up right now, which scares me a little bit as well. Uh, I know they blew out Michigan. What are your thoughts? you think it's a close game or you think Ohio State just runs away with it? I think that it's going to be close for a half, uh, and I think we win pulling away. Okay. Um, my concern, honestly, when it comes to our defense, is the same as it's been all year, and that's our linebackers. Uh, I, I just don't think that Warner and Borland are particularly good. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest deficiency we have on our team. I don't know that uh, Wisconsin throws the ball great, so our defensive backs are really good. I think Jeffrey Okuda is probably the best cornerback uh, in college football this year. Yeah, I don't. Chase disagree. Young is in the in the Heisman talk, so our defense is is really solid. And then we've got a lot of weapons on offense. Uh, Fields and Dobbins are really the two heralded players. Yeah. But we're solid a lot. We've got really good depth at wide receiver led by Chris Olave. Uh, Ruckert and Barry uh, uh, and Farrell are playing well at tight end. Um, it's it's going to be a good game, but I do think that we pull away and by end of the third quarter – we're up by a couple scores and, and we stay, we keep it out of reach like that. Uh, I don't know that it's hard. You know, the, you like to say uh, it's hard to beat a team twice, uh, but is it really? I mean, you've played each other, you're comfortable with them, you got to figure out, you know, a, a couple new angles to try to do it, but, but you know, you can beat them. Yeah. You know, not only did we beat them, but we whooped their ass. That is true. That is true. So unless we go in thinking we don't have to really try, you know, and beat ourselves, then, then you know, that's going to be a problem. But yeah. I don't think this team is built like that. I think they're very hungry. And uh, oh, you know, I'm looking forward to a good game. Uh, I am too, man. I think it's the best team we've had since. It's going to be crazy when I say this because if anybody knows the Buckeyes teams, uh, I think this is an even better team than we had back in 2016. And we didn't even make the playoffs that year because that was the year we got beat by Michigan uh, State in that really bad weather game where, for whatever reason, Urban Meyer pretty much just stopped giving the ball to Zeke. 
Uh, it came right the year after they won the championship. I felt like that team was 10 times better uh, than the team we had uh, the year before that won the championship. JT Barrett was playing out of his mind for the most part that season. We didn't make the playoffs. Uh, and this team is just better. Justin Fields is a monster, man. And JK, I'm so glad a lot of people in the community are coming around on him. I've been singing his praises. I know he had a bad year last year, but I think that had a lot to do with Mike Weber. Uh, a lot of people are now coming around on him, which also kind of sucks. I was hoping he'd sit lower in the ranks for a lot of people so I could steal him in rookie drafts. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't think it's going to be a bad game. I am a little bit worried Wisconsin be able to keep it close for the most part. I don't see the Buckeyes losing it. In all honesty, I hate to say this, it doesn't even matter. Even if they do lose this game, they're going to be in the playoffs. They've they've proven that they're one of the best teams in the uh, in the in college football this year. I am worried about the playoffs. I, I do hope they win and win convincingly and stay at one because I really don't want to play Clemson in the first round. I'd much rather play them for the national championship. But I do think if if it's a close game or if the Buckeyes don't really just put a huge beat down on Wisconsin like they did the first time, they're going to drop to two and LSU is going to go to one, which means we get Clemson in the first round. And, that, and Clemson scares me. They're still a good team. A lot of people sleeping on them because of their almost loss to UNC. And uh, they're just as good as they've been the past couple of years. So I, I don't think people should be sleeping on Clemson. But uh, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoy the wonderful weekend of football we're about to have in front of us and i hope you win any of your playoff matchups uh, how many playoffs did you make this year i made 11 out of 22 all right awesome man i made uh i made 11 out of 38 so let's a uh, high five on the 11 part yeah because it was it's been a bad year for me man uh, I, I bombed in a listener league like it's just whew, bought too much into baker and odell this year and it is costing me big time but Here's yeah. to hoping next year if Baker or not Baker if Odell moves on or stays, whatever happens. I don't want to. We'll, we'll discuss that stuff in the off season because that's just going to upset me more if we get into it right now. But have yourself a good weekend, buddy. Wish your wife luck for me in her first round matchup. I hope she pulls it off, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Right on. Have a great weekend. You too. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on there. Do you got your pop on there? I came out the wall wide already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. God.